I want to welcome you back to God Says Living. We've been really uh, opening up what I consider to be a topic that the church just doesn't talk about as much as we should. We're, we're looking behind the curtain. We're talking about uh, that world that exists beyond the physical world. Our eyes can't see it, but it's every much as real as the physical world that we're a part of. We're talking about the angel world, both good and bad, both, both demons as well as those hosts that fight for God and fight for us. We've been looking at uh, Daniel 8 in this, this time in history where uh, Daniel is being shown the future. Uh, he's able to see uh, some persecution that's going to come upon the church in a really hard way. God has sent his archangel, Gabriel, to help Daniel understand what's going on during this period of time. Now, this is what's been just fascinating. As Gabriel describes Antiochus IV Epiphanes, this man, this king, Greek, Greek king, who's going to cause tremendous pain for the church, what Gabriel wants Daniel to know is that there's more going on than meets the eye, that the power of Antiochus is not just human, that there's, there's literally demonic involvement. That's part of the picture. So we're going to pick up this week, and I want to come back to uh, two truths that Gabriel has been seeking to teach Daniel. These truths, I think, help put into perspective the question that you find yourself asking, in fact, that Daniel found himself asking as, as God showed in the future. And the question is why? We, we always ask, well, God, why, why would you allow somebody to hold a, a place of political power or a power uh, over another human being who you know is is being influenced by or maybe even possessed by fallen angels. They're, they're fighting against you in this battle for souls. Why would you allow that to happen? Over history, we've seen it time and time again, whether our, our own history, as we look back at people like Hitler or people like Stalin Mayo, Today, we could say that uh, certainly there are leaders globally that are, are coming under the influence of demons. Why, why, God, would you allow that? So I want to come back to these two truths that Gabriel is putting in front of Daniel. As you read verses 23 to 25, the first, first truth that Gabriel is expressing to Daniel is this, that everything that happens on earth happens under the authority and appointment of God. I think this is tremendously important. This includes the appointment of human beings, yes, even evil, potentially oppressed or even possessed human beings into political offices. Think about this. Have you ever read Romans 13 and paid attention to what God, God tells us in terms of his authority and appointments? Let me read to you the first verse of Romans 13. Listen, I mean, listen carefully to the role that God plays, even within the realm of politic. Here are the inspired words of St. Paul. He writes, quote, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Let, let that sink in for a moment. And we'll come back to our question. We're asking why. Why would God appoint, let's, let's use that word, someone who's clearly a puppet of the evil one into a position of power? Here's, here's the answer. My human mind is 
incapable of reasoning this out. It does not make sense to our human minds. We, we, can't, we can't make sense of Hitler. We, we can't make sense of, of Nero. We can't make sense of Antiochus. Why would you do this, God? That, that said, here is what we do know. The same God who inspired St. Paul to help us understand that God is the one who appoints people even into positions of power also inspired Paul to write the words he gives us in Romans chapter 8. Remember these words with me, Romans 8, 28. I'll read them, quote, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, end quote. Let's, let's put those two thoughts together. Does God at times allow or even appoint evil people into positions of power? Well, Romans answers the question, yes, it does. Why? What Romans tells us is that while our human minds cannot comprehend it, God uses even evil rulers toward the end goal of his kingdom, which is souls and relationship with himself. Let that sink in. That while my human mind, I can't comprehend this. God does use even evil rulers. I, I think we see some today in, in our world. Clearly, he uses even evil rulers toward the end goal of his kingdom, which is souls in relationship with himself. That's all God is after. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, night, day, morning, evening. This is what God is after souls. Does he appoint evil? Sometimes we don't understand it, but we know this. He absolutely uses them. So let's ask this question. Is it possible that God could use hard things? Hard things happen under epiphanies. They're happening today. Can he use hard things toward the goal of bringing lost people into a relationship with himself. Well, he can, can't he? That's what, that's what I believe is happening as we read Daniel 8 in God's foretelling of the merciless king Antiochus Epiphanes IV, who does bring pain to those who follow God. It also reminds us of the second truth that Gabriel is teaching Daniel. The second truth that Gabriel wants Daniel and us to be aware of is this, that the supernatural, namely the world of angels around us, is far more a part of our lives than we want to give credit for. And you know what? That ought to bring comfort to us. Today, right now, you are surrounded by a world that your eyes cannot see. Yeah, there, there are fallen angels. Yes, they do oppress, they do possess, they do tempt, they do use men for evil purposes, but guess what? There are also God's angels, his warriors, those who battle for us those who he sends to stand beside us in times of danger, harm, and even death. I'll never forget this being uh, put on display a number of years ago. My wife and I took a trip to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And one of the things that we looked forward to seeing was Artists Row in that area of the world. If you've never been to Santa Fe, it's, it's home to a large number of artists whose Works are on display year-round. I remember walking into one exhibit and just being captivated. The artist was a master, and his primary subject, believe it or not, was angels. In fact, we stayed in his studio for quite some time because um, I got into a long discussion with him 
as he shared some of his studies of Jewish angelology. By the way, the Jewish faith has such a rich, rich angelology. In fact, I would say that Christians, we can learn a lot from what Jewish scholars have published on the subject. Then there was this painting. I'll, I'll never forget it. It depicted an angel that was just receiving orders from God. And the painting attempted to catch this pivotal moment, a moment that exists between heaven and earth, when an angel is being prepared by Jesus, not only to serve him, but to serve him by serving one of those who belong to him. And I think what that painting reminds me of is, is this reality, that while we don't physically see the angel world around us with our eyes, it is at all times present. The good news is that God sends them to care for us, protect us, and sometimes fight for us. If you've never read it, Friar Eugene Sawyer's book, it's titled St. Michael and the Holy Angels, Their Relations with the Visible World. That's his book. It's an excellent treatise on the bonds that exist between angels and men. I love reading books like his because I believe that God wants us to know that we're not alone, ever. Even in the midst of the persecutions that would befall the church in Greece and Rome, as Gabriel describes them to Daniel, angels are present, which leads, leads me to three questions that I want to close out uh, this particular study with. I'm hopeful these will provoke some thought on your part. So here they are. Question one. We shared some thoughts over the last couple of weeks around the differences between demonic oppression, possession, and temptation. I want you to think about the last six months of your life. Where have you found one or more of those to be present? I'll let that question sink in. I think it's an important question. It's important to be both honest and particular about identifying those places in our lives that the enemy is seeking to attack. So I want you to take some time and this week and just ask yourself the question, where is that in you? Is it temptation? Has it escalated? Is there oppression going on? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, possession is not possible. But the other two are. And what I'm trying to get to is, this is a topic we can study, but it's also a reality in our own lives. Question two, what about good angels? God sent Gabriel to Daniel in an extraordinary way. Uh, Daniel knew, and he knew a certainty that he was in the presence of an archangel. Now, most of the time, we are not as clearly aware of angel presence as Daniel was. But have you had a sense in the last six months that you've been surrounded by or accompanied by God's angel warriors? Again, let that just soak in. What I'm hopeful for is your recognition of their presence. Just ask yourself, how are they fighting for me? Because they are. Now, I believe that's the message Gabriel is delivering to Daniel, that while evil will, under God's authority and appointment, be present, so is God's holy angelic army. 
And then last question, question three, is there some part of your life where you would ask God to send one of his warrior angels? One of the things I love about our Lutheran tribe are the two prayers that Martin Luther included in his small catechism, the morning prayer and the evening prayer. In both of these, he literally asks that God send forth his angels for guidance and protection. So again, let me just ask, is there some place in your life, an area of temptation, maybe a place of oppression, maybe a place of need or a place of hopelessness where you would say, God, send forth one of your holy ones, just as God sent Gabriel to give understanding to Daniel. So I do believe that the moment the artist captured takes place in heaven again and again and again as God looks at an angel and says, you, I'm sending you, and I'm sending you for this beloved one of mine, one I love, and I, they have a need. Go and go to them now. Well, that's all for this week. I, I hope that this look behind the curtain into the world of angels uh, has been helpful to you. There's, there's so much more that we could dive into, but I want to move on in our study of Daniel. Uh, I do want to thank you for your, your prayers. I continue to just remain committed to praying for you. And so let me just sign off today by saying to you, I, I hope that you have in the next seven days a God-sized week.